3: You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Goodyear Assurance Weather Ready. But did you know they sell other automotive products, wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few? Everything you need to elevate your drive. You can go to TireRack.com slash Dan. That's TireRack.com tire Dan. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox
0: Sports Radio.
3: (laughs) Welcome to the program. Made it to a Thursday. Gangs all here ready to go. What a strange night. We'll dive into the NBA draft. Clay Thompson's injury. Thursday night football coming up. The Cardinals and the Seahawks. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle DP Show. Say good morning to our great radio affiliates around the world numbering 370, and also our TV partner, Peacock. You can download the app and watch for three, all three hours. Cardinals-Seahawks is a crucial NFC West game tonight, but I think the narrative is going to be about the quarterbacks. It's Kyler Murray versus Russell Wilson. It's about the short dynamic quarterback revolution. And get ready for a graphic comparing Kyler and Russell to guys like Doug Flutie and Fran Tarkington, and of course, Drew Brees. You know, it used to be the prototypical draft pick at that position, the six four gunslinger usually going number one in the draft. But you have this new wave of quarterbacks and they do things differently. Murray and Wilson leading the charge there. They make plays out of the pocket. What's even more remarkable about Drew Brees is he's barely six feet tall and he's a pocket quarterback. So that sort of blows away everything that you gotta be six four, six five to see over the lineman, and he's a guy who doesn't use his legs. Either to extend a play or to get some uh, you know, big yardage there. But tonight, it'll be a lot of fun. Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson with a lot at stake here. This is a huge game for Seattle. Can't afford to lose another one to Arizona. But the showdown should be one of the more entertaining ones of the year. But uh, Seattle hosting Arizona. And I do believe on Friday morning, if Kyler Murray happens to win this game, Kyler Murray will emerge as... The MVP favorite. Guaranteed. Just feels like that's going to happen. Because after every game, it's a referendum on who's the MVP right now. Like if Ben doesn't have a good game his next game or has a great game his next game and they win. Hey, you know, Ben should be in the top three. If Russ has a great game, then all of a sudden, yeah, Russell is still the MVP uh, candidate. The leading one, perhaps. Meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes is just going, hello. Anybody, anybody notice what I'm doing over here? Nope. Not right now. They're not McLevin. will have a poll question. Do you have a poll question right now? You have a question right now. Well,
4: what if Patrick Mahomes who's angry at the Raiders throws nine touchdowns on Sunday? Can Kyler Murray or Russell Mm. Wilson be the MVP on Friday? And then on Monday we come in and give it to Patrick Mahomes. Is it that game to game? It feels like it is because this has become a thing for shows
3: it didn't used to be a thing week to week where we go, who's the MVP? Now, we do that with the Heisman. I understand that. But this is a very slow Heisman year. It feels like we've taken all that energy, all that attention that we give with the Heisman week to week, and then we've attached it to the NFL. I get it. Look, we're all trying to fill up time when we do these shows. You just hope that you can add something to it when you have a topic like this with Kyler Murray. And this would be... Once again, that second-year quarterback. We saw that with Mahomes. We saw it with Lamar Jackson. And you had people who were hedging their bets of Josh Allen and Kyler Murray. Murray seems like he's the real deal. But he should be. He's the number one pick in the draft. I like how people are surprised when somebody goes, Man, he's really good. He should be. He's the number one pick in the draft. Unless it's the NBA draft, and then you go, Can Anthony Edwards be a great player? I don't know. I I like this philosophy last night. And I I was asked the question of who do you think is going to go number one? And I said, the fact that I'm not sure tells you there's not a number one pick overall in this draft. We didn't have Zion Williamson. You know, there's no LeBron. You had some players who can play, probably play right away. But I don't know if there's any star quality. I think LaMelo Ball has star capability, but that's because of social media. I mean, he's got close to 6 million followers right now. And he's a point guard who hadn't even played in the United States in a couple of years. But he goes to the Hornets with Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan reportedly was interested in Russell Westbrook if they didn't get LaMelo Ball. And they got him. And that sets up the ultimate showdown. LaVar Ball versus Michael Jordan. There's no excuses now. When dad comes to visit son, when Jordan, the owner, is there, we play one-on-one. I don't know what's at stake. How about if I beat you, you're not allowed back in North Carolina ever again. You can't see a home game with your son. But uh, now it's real. I love the irony of that. You know, that here is his dad calling out Michael Jordan. And his dad averaged two points a game in college. And he's going to back Jordan down. As if he's the only guy that ever thought of backing Jordan down. I'm going to back Jordan down and I'm going to shoot little baby hooks over him. He better not miss that jumper. Okay. I loved it though. But I, I like the pick. I, I like LaMelo Ball. I, I do. Uh, the Knicks maybe didn't screw things up. They got Obi Toppin from my alma mater, Dayton. And by all accounts, great kid. From the area, and uh, was emotional about going to the Knicks. At first, I thought he was going; he was crying because he was going to the Knicks, <laughs> and, and that wasn't the case. Here's Ob Toppin going to the Knicks,
0: and why it's a big deal to him. I'm from New York, that's why it's important. Me, 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 repping my city is, it's amazing. A lot of people pray to be in this position, and, and I'm not going to take it for granted. I promise you that.
3: Yeah, that's great. By all accounts, uh, he's a very interesting prospect here. A lot of athleticism, can run. Uh, you know, you, you develop that mid-range jumper, maybe a little deeper than that. And Maybe the Knicks finally did it right in, here in the uh, draft. Yes, Paulie.
5: Dan, you're kind of bearing the lead. My Bulls got Patrick Williams of Florida State. <laughs> hey, you hear about that? I'm glad that you brought it up
3: because when Patrick Williams went to the Bulls, I think Paulie sent out a tweet, or McLovin did, or texted like, "Who?" Patrick Williams was taken fourth overall by the Bulls. He was sixth man of the year in one season at Florida State. Award winner. Coming off the bench in every game. He's the first college player taken in the top five. Who never started a game in college? Groundbreaking since Dion Waiters of Syracuse back in 2012. That was actually the best question <laughs> of the night in the interview. Like,
6: how do you think that's going to impact you as a in the NBA that you've never started a game before?
3: <laughs> we got our guy. We wanted a guy who's never started a game before. We got our six man. Got him. Yeah. yeah, got him. Like the Bulls should be getting somebody who starts
5: for them. Anybody yeah. could do that, Dan. Uh, you're right. Your no right. counter. You know, the poor kid was probably in the shower still getting ready for the draft, getting yeah. his suit on.
3: You knew who I felt bad for. Who's the kid from Seton Hall? Powell? Oh, Miles Powell. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. That's unfortunate. That's where he got all dressed up. It looked like he had, you know, $100,000 worth of bling on. Great looking watch. Got a suit on. First round goes by. Second round goes by. He's a good player, but he didn't get drafted. What, what's that like, though, if you say you, you gather some family members and you're watching. He had a whole production going. Yeah. He, had a, he had a big thing yeah. going. Yeah. It was such an awkward night. It just was. From the broadcast and Zooming, uh, trades, but you can't announce the trade. And then you talk to somebody who had... They've been traded, but you can't bring up the trade because of the NBA and uh, the NFL, uh, NBA Players Association or whatever it is. I, I mean, they got to fix the draft if they want us to care about the draft in real time because I just went to social media after a while because I'm going, wait, he's, he's been traded. And then they're going, so how do you feel about going to Oklahoma City? And, and then meanwhile, you're going, he, he, he got traded. John Calipari called out somebody, said, no, he's not going there. He's going to the Knicks. But it was happening and everybody knew it, but ESPN has to play the game. It's like when we'd watch the NFL draft and somebody has to put on a hat and they go, "Uh, so what do you think about, uh, you know, going to Carolina? Well, you know, I really love Carolina and I uh, met with that. Meanwhile, like two minutes later, he's going to put on another hat because he knows that he's been traded, but it was, a, it was a bizarre night, but it really started with Clay Thompson. So this is 90 minutes before the draft started, and we started to get word that Clay Thompson got hurt. Lower leg. Now, I didn't know if it was the same one that he had the knee surgery on. It was not. And then it was just lower leg. And then I started to read a couple things, and then I realized that this was probably a serious injury. But they said lower leg. And I'm thinking, okay, at least it's not the knee. And then I realized, did he break his foot or was it the Achilles? We don't know the severity of it, but it feels like, according to reports, that. Uh, and Mark Stein, who covers the NBA for the New York Times, will join us coming up, feels like it's the Achilles. I was really looking forward to Golden State, kind of, you know, reconnecting the great players. Even if you don't like Golden State, you do have to love the way they play. And you know that that's a great group of talented players to see Steph there with Clay, two of the greatest shooters of all time. We didn't get to have that last year. You know, Clay is going to miss another year if that's the case with the Achilles. Draymond Green back. They draft James Wiseman. I don't know where he fits. I did think Golden State was going to draft LaMelo Ball because LaMelo Ball, Steph Curry can play two guard. He can play off the ball. And you have LaMelo, if that's the case, he'd be running the point. But they stayed with who I think they were. Uh, they penciled it. This is not a, a, a position, a time where you panic. And I give Golden State credit. They were locked in on who they wanted, and they took him, and they got James Wiseman there. But what a, what a bizarre night. And I just, uh, you know, it, it really bothered me last night, that, that news about Clay Thompson, even today. I mean, it kind of shook me. You know, you just go, God, I can't, I just can't believe it. And you see these athletes and they, they you know, Teddy Bridgewater. We thought his career was over. Deshaun Watson got injured his second year. And you just, we want to see great players have that opportunity to be great again. Alex Smith, there are just times when we look at them as things And then you forget to look at them as people. And that's the way it hit me hard last night with Clay Thompson. I just I like him. Uh, I've known his dad for probably 35 years. Um, You know, Clay wasn't highly recruited, went to Washington State. We weren't quite sure about him. I remember Doug Gottlieb giving me the intel on him, you know, that the label was soft and, you know, could he make it to the next level, be a great player? And then he came in and found the ideal situation. I mean, he's he's textbook. He really is. If you're teaching basketball, Clay Thompson moves without the ball. He's as good a shooter as we've ever seen. He plays great defense. And he's no maintenance there. St- you know, Steve Kerr talks about it all the time. There's no maintenance there with him. He just goes out and he plays. And, and I'll miss him. I really, really will. It's such a shame. All right, we'll come up with a poll question here. By the way, this program brought to you by 1-800-Flowers. You can deliver all the feels of Thanksgiving. Uh, Beautiful bouquets and arrangements to order. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com. See the radio icon there. Enter code Patrick. You are good to go, and you will be the star of Thanksgiving, even if you can't be there in person. Yes, McLovin?
4: I have two Kyler Murray poll questions. Okay. Uh, The first one is impossible to answer, but... Right now, whose future would you want? Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson? Uh,
3: I'm going to go Kyler Murray. But the only reason why I say this is what I said prior to everybody piling on Lamar Jackson. And that was, a scout told me earlier this year, there are still football people who aren't sold on Lamar Jackson. Whether that's fair or not, I'm only telling you what an NFL scout told me earlier this year. And this wasn't when Lamar was struggling. It was because... I forget who uh, the Ravens were playing, and then uh, I asked this. Que- I was asking a couple of questions because he's great with his information on you know some of these players. And I said, what, "What's the consensus on Lamar after winning uh, the MVP unanimously?" And he goes, "Not everybody's sold on him, believe it or not." And I go, "Really?" So that I wasn't looking for confirmation, like "Yep, yeah, I told you, Lamar Jack, I picked Bal- uh, Baltimore to go to the Super Bowl, so I certainly believe in what I see. I think Kyler Murray is a better thrower. Lamar might be a better runner. He's bigger. Uh, He might be faster. Uh, He's not quicker, but he might be faster. Top end speed. But Kyler avoids hits, and he can throw the football. And that, to me, is a big difference here between these two. They're both high end, but I, I think Kyler there might be a higher ceiling for Kyler because he can throw, he has, you know, he can throw downfield, he can throw the deep ball, and there's always going to be that question with Lamar. Is he one of those, I'm going to kill you with precision passing? Now, he doesn't have the weapons that Kyler has. Now, that wide receiving core in Baltimore is not very good, and maybe if he has something at full strength or something that resembles full strength, I might feel differently, but I would say Kyler Murray. What else do you have, McLevin?
4: If you were Kyler Murray, would you try to add baseball to your resume starting like now? Is this a real story? He said it on an interview, right? He said, yeah, I still love baseball. It's something that I'm not ruling out.
3: Okay, but Anthony Edwards said, hey, I really love football. Like, is this the same thing? Oh, he doesn't. So are we going to go, Kyler Murray doesn't really love football. He wants to play baseball.
4: That's what we do. Of course we're going to say that. And by the way, I watched Anthony Edwards' piece on ESPN. I'm like, that dude wants to play football. What's he doing playing basketball? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I always got the sense LeBron wants to play football, too, by the way. I, you, you always want what you don't have. The grass is green. You
3: know what? When guys say that, all you got to do is get hit once in football, and you go, no, nope. <laughs> I don't want to play football. Football's one of those. Okay, baseball, when you see a curveball or a slider – and then you go, no, I don't want. I don't want to play baseball.
4: For me, it's a fastball, like a hundred mile coming at you. Like if I'm like a high school athlete, I want nothing to do with that fastball. I never worried about. It's that curveball when I put my foot in the bucket,
3: like my foot was halfway down third base. I'm like, woo! Fastball didn't. I didn't concern me, but the curveball was just not fair, and that's where you go, no, I don't want to play baseball. Like there's certain. Uh, positions that humble you. It feels like when you get to the plate in baseball, you can get humbled because you can't hide, at least in, in a team sport, you can sort of hide, you know, as the quarterback. Yeah,
6: see? When you're pitching in a baseball game and you're getting absolutely shelled, and it's like the third <laughs> inning, and you're like, this sucks. Yeah. Like, just take me out already. And, and manager's just looking at you. Go ahead, buddy, throw another one. And, Crap. This sucks. And you can't
3: hide. No. You, you, you're you just out there, and guys are hitting lasers right over your noggin. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else do you have, McLevin? Then we'll take a break.
4: Okay. This is mean, but... Well, then, hold off, then. It's a mean NBA draft question about okay. how we don't know who these guys are, and I want to give you some examples. Okay, because uh, Mark Stein, who covers the
3: NBA for the New York Times, is going to join us. But uh, you, we can ask that, then I can ask Mark Stein the mean-spirited question. Yeah, because he might have an answer that we don't know about. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break here. Just getting started. It's 18 after the hour right here on the Dan Patrick Show. I mentioned 1-800-Flowers. Let me expound upon that a little bit because as we move into the holidays, if you can't be there for Thanksgiving, you do want to give the feel of Thanksgiving to the special people in your life. And it's never been easier. 1-800-Flowers.com. They have Thanksgiving flowers, fall table arrangements. 1-800-Flowers helps you Put your best wishes front and center with Thanksgiving and you have the flower deliveries to family and friends. They have beautiful autumn bouquets, table arrangements from 1-800-Flowers and you pick the delivery date guaranteed to put your Thanksgiving wishes front and center. 1-800-Flowers.com and it's important to stay connected over the holidays, certainly with everything that we've gone through. And 1-800-Flowers allows you to do that, to order a beautiful Thanksgiving bouquet or arrangement Go 1-800-Flowers.com and thank me later. There's a radio icon when you go to the website. Enter code PATRICK in order today. You'll save at 1-800-Flowers.com. 1-800-Flowers.com, code PATRICK. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. What do you get when you cross a Mercedes sedan Cooper SUV with a race car? You get what Mercedes-AMG is all about. That's why there's really no other way to say it. OMG AMG. Visit MBUSA.com slash AMG Mercedes AMG. Driving performance. If you're a fan of the movie It, one of the stars of the movie It, Sophia Lillis, who plays Beverly, I do a podcast. It's called That Scene with Dan Patrick. It's available on Amazon Music, and she is the guest this week, and she was adorable. A lot of fun talking about the movie and the bathroom scene in It when uh, Pennywise comes through the sink. Are you familiar with the movie It, Paulie? Anybody? Fritzy, have you seen it? I have seen the movie. Yes. it uh, Spooky it, stuff. It's a clown. Clown, and I don't like clowns, and you don't like Pennywise when you're watching this, but... Uh, Beverly is very brave. Yes, McLovin,
4: which I want to find out, Was she's scared. I'm terrified just the trailer. So like to yes. act in it, I wouldn't even have the guts. I would be like, no, thanks.
3: Yes. So Sophia Lillis, who plays Beverly in the movie, it on Amazon music. It's called that scene with Dan Patrick. All right. Uh, the mean-spirited poll question, and we'll get to Mark Stein of the New York Times.
4: What was the pick where you said, wait, who is this guy? Uh, was it number four with Patrick Williams? Number 10 for Jalen Smith, who was like 25th (laughs) in most mocks. Devin Vassell to the Spurs at 11. Aaron Nesmith, 14 to the Celtics, or, uh, I could go on, but, uh, Josh Green, 18 to the Mavericks. At what point, and you know more college hoops than the rest of us, did you say who?
3: Patrick Williams, because he went number four, and I, he didn't start at Florida State. And I know Florida State had a lot of talent, but I would think if you're going fourth overall, I know Deion Waiters, I don't know if Devin Booker ever started a game at Kentucky, but Patrick Williams, at least I knew who Devin Booker was. Patrick Williams, I went, okay, to the Bulls. Is he going to start for the Bulls? I was curious about that as well. I bring in Mark Stein, New York Times NBA writer. Uh, Mark, what was the moment where you went, what or who last night?
0: Yeah, I think McGlovin should know more of those names. Those all should not be shocking to him. But Jalen uh, Smith at ten for sure. I mean, that allowed Halliburton to slip, and that was that was definitely a surprise. But but the Williams going at four that that was bubbling. That was bubbling well in advance of the draft actually starting last night, but it's also indicative of what kind of draft this was. I mean, you had Minnesota and Golden State really looking hard to find trade down to get more win, you know, win now type of players, and they couldn't find those trades. So, uh, number four probably is a good spot to. to to take a risk on a guy with a lot of upside, like Williams, who, like you, as you said, he didn't didn't start at all in college. But the Bulls and a lots of teams think that he has the upside that that justifies him there. But it was a weird night. I don't want to be I don't want to be so downbeat about it. But when you get that Clay Thompson news yeah. right before the draft, I mean that that it's already a virtual draft, which is just. I mean, as as well as you can do broadcast-wise, it's just not going to be nearly the same. So it's already the weirdest draft we've ever seen. And then to get that kind of news was... That shook the league and not in a good way.
3: Do we have an update on Clay Thompson? And, and can you set the scene where he was playing this pickup game, who he was playing with?
0: Well, we'll get the update, the firm update today, but all the rumbles coming out are, are you know, concern of the highest degree. I mean, he was he was basically playing a pickup game in downtown LA and and guys are looking for those kind of games right now because let's face it the season is upon us it's upon guys a lot faster than they expected you know in the bubble the word was hey the season might start might not start until february it might not even start until march and now it's starting before christmas and clay thompson has been out a long time and he was playing pickup ball, and it's just, it's, I mean, you saw the reaction of fellow pros last Mm. night. He is so well-respected and so well-liked, and, you know, guys on other teams are taking it as a crushing blow to hear how serious this injury could be. We don't have the full confirmation, but... Obviously, it doesn't sound good.
3: I wondered if Golden State was going to alter their draft strategy when they got the uh, the news about Clay Thompson. Do you know if there was any thought of maybe changing up and not taking James Wiseman?
0: Well, Bob Myers did acknowledge that they thought about it for a second, but look, it it, it happened way too late. And let's be honest: in the modern draft, who uh, who are you going to find? That can plug in next season to even come close to replicating what Klay Thompson does. It's impossible. It's well, I was thinking
3: that. that I put Steph as the off guard and I have Lamelo Ball running my point. Now,
0: no, I mean because you can't. I mean you can't make that dramatic of a of a decision in a matter of hours. I think the Warriors did the right. Yeah, they need size. They need athleticism. Wiseman is who they wanted if they kept the pick. That's the way it materialized and and you know i i do think we have to remember this is this is the state of the nba draft at at this point you know if if 3 or 4 rookies make a real impact next season that's a lot like you, you i i don't think you can react to an injury in in real time like that and change course
3: the uh, top draft prospect number 1 pick anthony edwards kind of uh, shook things up a little bit when he said he would prefer to be drafted in the NFL. I don't, did this change anybody's opinion of Anthony Edwards and his desire to want to be a great NBA player?
0: I think it changed a lot of opinions in the punditry and has a lot of people scratching their heads and certainly something he's going to be asked about and be asked to explain as his NBA career unfolds, but it didn't dissuade Minnesota. And the Wolves, the Wolves were in a tough spot. This was a draft with no no one that seems considered a franchise cornerstone, not like what we were looking at a year ago when you got Zion Williamson and John Morant at the top of the draft. And those teams are just so thrilled to get their guy, Uh, you know, positionally Edwards fits the best of the players who were at the top of this draft. But I mean, there are, there are question marks about him. So, you know, Minnesota tried everything it could to, construct a deal, trade down, see if they could get someone who they considered, you know, more along the timeline of Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell who it's time for those guys to win. They couldn't find it, but look, they did make the trade to bring back Ricky Rubio. And Rubio had a really good season in Phoenix. Phoenix was happy with Ricky Rubio, but obviously you get the chance to trade for Chris Paul. You're going to do that. But so Minnesota made the move to bring Rubio back. Let's you know, let's see how how he and Russell Fit together, but uh, yeah, I, I I I was I I would I was not envious of Minnesota's position having to pick number one out of this group. I loved what
3: Philadelphia did last night. I don't know if it's totally, draft totally
0: strategy, with- but it's just
3: basketball roster strategy. Recap what they did, Mark.
0: What it is, well, Daryl Morey. I mean, that was that was the other pre-draft thunderbolt that Daryl Morey found a way to, to move Al Horford which before the the Sixers hired Daryl Morey, you would have found very few people around the league saying and thinking that Philadelphia was going to be able to trade him. And Daryl Morey comes in, he moves Al Horford, he 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 gets Danny Green in that trade with the Thunder. Later on, they bring in a shooter in Seth Curry. They send Josh Richardson to Dallas. Seth Curry... Has been, you know, a fantastic shooter, fantastic value on the contract he has, and just even more than the moves to me, it's just if you're a Sixer fan and you you know, it's just been nothing but chaos and turmoil for years, and you have all this doubt about how Embiid and Simmons fit, but Daryl Morey, in very short order, he, I mean, he, he's been there a matter of days. He's just shown an ability, you know, he he makes moves, he gets things done, he's decisive. I think it just sends the signal that yeah we want this guy running our team. He, you know, they're not they're by no means done, but they made moves that make a lot more sense for their roster. And I mean, the East is the East has gotten tougher. Still nowhere near the depth of the West, but Philly looking a lot better on paper today to go with your Milwaukee's. Your Bostons, your Torontos, your Miamis, Brooklyn's coming back now. The top of the East just looks so much better.
3: Talking to Mark Stein, who covers the NBA for the New York Times. I'll leave you with this. Anything happened last night that would move the Harden-Russell-Westbrook conversation forward?
0: No. Well, yes, actually, one, not in a forward way, I reported the day before the draft that Charlotte's appetite to trade for Russell Westbrook would go up if they didn't get LaMelo Ball and they got LaMelo Ball. So that presumably takes Charlotte out of the mix as a potential landing spot for Russell Westbrook. So, you know, the Knicks have explored it, but it's it's really conditional interest. The Knicks would only do that deal under certain circumstances if they're giving up just the minimum amount of trade assets and Houston gave up so much to get Westbrook. Yeah. They're not just going to trade him to make a trade. You know, Washington, that was another one. John Wall and Russell Westbrook are a salary match, but the Rockets are trying to get something. They're trying to get at least one future first back or a good young player. They're, You know, Russell Westbrook was averaging 27, 8, and 7 at his peak last season before he had all the injury and coronavirus problems in the bubble. He did play very well in the second half of the season. The Rockets don't want to just move him for the sake of it. And in terms of Harden, the consistent message coming out of Houston is they are not in a rush. They want to try to fix this thing. They're not just going to trade him to the Nets. They don't have to trade him to the Nets just because that's where Harden wants to go. They've got him under contract for two more years. I don't think you're going to see the Rockets Rush into a Harden deal at all. They are going to try to slow this thing down and see if they can put the pieces back together.
3: Thank you, Mark. We appreciate you getting up to join us. We appreciate your time. All good. See you guys. Thank you, bud. Mark Stein covers the NBA for the New York Times. Yeah, you know, if I'm Houston, I want another team interested in James Harden. I got to get leverage here. I'm not trading him. He wants to go. So? You got two years here. We did everything you wanted us to do. And now you want us to trade you. Players have leverage. That's why players get traded in the NBA. They have leverage. They can force their way out. More so than any other sport. And it feels like Russell Westbrook is toxic. I'm not talking personality. I'm talking style and contract. Yeah, Paulie?
5: Yeah, I think Seton and I were laughing the other day when someone said Charlotte's going after Russell Westbrook, and that's not a compliment because you know, they're not known as a franchise for making great decisions. It feels like he's an unwanted player with his yeah. style and age well, and cost.
3: He, yeah. I mean, you throw all that in there, and I, I think that he could be a, hey, come out and see Russell Westbrook put up some good numbers, but they're not going to be meaningful numbers for anybody. And it would be just like the Knicks to bring him in. Now, maybe you say, all right, the Knicks can bring him in. You got Obi Toppin. Maybe you got a couple of things, resources there that you can be competitive there. If I'm the Knicks, I hold off on any kind of move like that with Russell Westbrook. You know, if you got a couple of draft picks, you got a couple of young players, you know, R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin. All right. How about you do something that is really rare with the Knicks? You're patient. Just be patient. These fans are some of the most loyal fans in all the sports. And they put up with an awful lot. All these down years, just be patient. Maybe you do things correctly. Maybe you get a couple of players who actually want to play for the Knicks. But bringing in Russell Westbrook is more of a, hey, come out. Here's a guy that you might be aware of. That's not That would not interest me in the rebuilding process here. Um, and I don't like giving out grades and even asking somebody, hey, who had the best grade of the draft or the worst grade in the draft? How many times, if you look back on the draft and you go, boy, I got this figured out, that guy's going to be great, or who is that guy? And then if I said that about some of these drafts, and you'd go, yeah, who's the Greek freak? Like this guy, you know, he's going to be a project. Okay. Uh, Luca was not a foregone conclusion that he was the best player in the draft. I mean, you have, it's littered with players where if we made up our mind on draft night, There'd be a lot of guys who are going to the Hall of Fame who probably would get failing grades.
5: Yeah, Paul. I've got the 2015 draft here, and the Lakers took D'Angelo Russell of Ohio State. They are praised for it. The young combo guard, Mm. aging Kobe Bryant, steps right in, will be the future of the franchise. The next pick, Jalil Okafor of Duke. Great offensive gain. Unstoppable in the low post. Duke lineage, blah, blah, blah. Philadelphia's got their post guy for the next decade. And there's very little criticism of Jalil Okafor, who's basically a bust.
3: Yeah, Nerland Noel, seven-footer, can run the floor,
4: play defense. Yes, hey, McLevin. He's still in the league, at least. that whole, The rest of his entire draft, except for Giannis, is gone and Nerland's Noel. Yeah. But uh, I don't understand, like, uh, Obi Toppin was clearly a great player on the best team in the country last year, probably. One and, of the best teams. But what were they, three or four? Right yeah, but Dayton was one of the best. Teams. And he scored 20 points a game. Why... To me, like eyeballing him, like, yeah, he was obviously the best player in last night's draft, but then these guys like Patrick Williams come in who did nothing. And,
3: you yeah, but know, there are always guys who were good or really good on a great team, but that doesn't
4: mean that they're going to be a great pro. Yeah, it's, it feels hard for me to distinguish. Like, how do you know as a scout? It feels like a lot of guesswork with these unknown guys. Yeah, Grayson Allen was a great player for
3: Duke. He's pretty good. He's okay. But he was a great player on a very good team. He's a decent player in the NBA.
5: Yeah, Paul. Last year, Trey Jones, the guard for Duke, was the ACC player of the year, the ACC defensive player of the year, first team All-American, and he played for Duke, and he didn't get drafted until midway through the second round. He got drafted a round behind a guy who played backup power forward at Florida State. Think about that for a second. The best player on Duke's entire team, player college-wise, Got drafted around round behind a backup power forward in Florida State. I am at My friends,
4: everyone wanted to take Carson Edwards out of Purdue for the Sixers. So, like, Because we see the tournament and he yeah. can't miss a shot. Like, it's very, uh, As a fan, it's very hard to distinguish. Well, we didn't
3: have that opportunity where we get to college basketball introduces us to a lot of these players. Because for the most part, people aren't watching college basketball on a consistent basis. There might be a showdown. It might be North Carolina Duke. It could be. Uh, you know, maybe somebody you've heard about who's going to be playing. Uh, could be a holiday tournament, and then you tune in to watch it. But you're not watching regular season basketball. You get to March Madness, and then you go, gosh, who this, who's this guy from Northern Illinois? Or who's this guy from Iowa State? If you're not watching the Big 12, you know, you're not going to see these guys until you get to March Madness, and then you fall in love with somebody after two or three games. And you go, that's the guy we should be taking. It's like, no, no, hold on here. Hold on here. You don't want to make that knee-jerk reaction. Phone calls coming up. Play of the day coming up as well. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app.
0: And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments
4: My God. The,
0: play, the play of the day. This is the play of the day.
5: Check this out.
2: It's been a bushel of big plays on both sides. The RPO game in effect. Eskridge off to the races. There goes number one. And nobody will catch Dwayne Eskridge. Three games this season, all three over 100 yards. That's his sixth receiving touchdown.
3: Western Michigan. Broncos going to beat Central Michigan 52-44. Western Michigan is averaging 50 points per game. Second in the FBS to Kent State averaging 52 points per game. Love Maction. Play of the Day, play of the day brought to you by Masterclass. Can't say enough great things about Masterclass. Over 90 classes, variety of topics, all taught by world-class masters at the top of their field. This holiday, when you buy an annual membership, you get another annual membership free. What a great Christmas gift for somebody. Go to masterclass.com slash Patrick. Masterclass.com slash Patrick. I saw where my my guy Marcus Howard out of Marquette, 5'11 point guard, not drafted. And I came in and, and said to the Danettes this morning, I had a dream last night. Now, your dreams may be different than mine, but I, I had a dream that Marcus Howard got signed by the Denver Nuggets. Yes, Paulie.
5: Dan, your, your dream was right. You must have read it before you went to bed. Marquette's Marcus Howard gets a chance with the Denver Nuggets after going undrafted. Oh, okay. So maybe you read it right before you uh, went to sleep. I don't know. Why would a great three-point shooter in this league not get a chance? Just height?
3: I'm going to guess, but if you have Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry, those are small guys, short guys. Marcus Howard, a whole lot of fun. averaged 27 a game at Marquette, but uh, okay. So maybe I didn't have a dream about it. Maybe I read it in a fog and then somehow it worked its way into my dreams. Once again, your dreams may be different than mine. Like when you wake up and you go, "Wow, what a dream that was!" Yeah, what'd you dream about? Uh, Marcus Howard signing with the uh, the Denver Nuggets. Whoa, that's crazy. Uh, so we have our uh,
4: poll question, McLovin. We're gonna go with not exactly. Uh, do you want to go with Kyler Murray? Uh, you want to go NBA draft? What's the Kyler Murray? Well, uh, two questions. Uh, oh, well, really? Would you play baseball if you Kyler Murray? Because I got a little little into it. Paulie's like he's got to have proven success in the NFL. Yes. I say go for it. How hard is it to play two sports? You know when baseball? Russell
3: Wilson said he wanted to play baseball? Yeah. After he won a Super Bowl. Yeah, but he's
4: not Kyler Murray. No, Kyler Murray went. Well, when you say that,
3: then the critics can't go, oh, you're not putting in full time with being a pro quarterback here. Make up your mind. You want to play baseball? You want to play football? If he wins an MVP and or a Super Bowl, then he can say, you know what? I was thinking of maybe going to camp with the Oakland A's. Maybe his rights get traded because Oakland still owns his rights. They send it to the Arizona
5: Diamondbacks. Yeah, Paul. This is kind of a silly argument, and people aren't acknowledging that the fact that he's the quarterback, not like a, he's not like Brian Jordan, a good defensive back for the Atlanta Falcons who could play both sports. If Kyler Murray wanted to play baseball, he had to play April, May, June, July, August, September, and October, possibly for that team. No team's going to let him play five months and bail. And as quarterback in the NFL, he can't miss July, August, September, and October. He's not playing baseball. Not. He
3: he would go to training camp and have a little bit of fun. Yes. And then he'd love to be able to say, see, look look what look what could have been here. I could be a Bo Jackson. I could be a Deion Sanders. Maybe you get 15, 20, 30 at-bats in spring training. Have a little bit of fun. That's all. Yeah, McLovin.
4: But there was a time where it sounded insane that Kyler Murray would play football. Like, it was like, oh, yeah, he's, he was the baseball guy forever. Like, there was nobody thought he was going pro uh, in NFL it, as of, like, September or October yeah. of that year.
3: No, you're right. But I think that even he had to be convinced that he was good enough to play football. Because when we did the infamous interview at the Super Bowl in Atlanta, I had already been told that he was going to be a top 10 pick prior to the interview. But, but, but he maybe hadn't been told, but I had been told that he's, he's definitely a top 10 pick. And from what I was told, that once Kyler Murray and his parents, his family knew that he'd be a top 10 pick, then he wanted to play football over baseball. He loved football. He was a high school legend in Texas. And I think that he always wanted to play football. We didn't know what Oklahoma had when he took over for Baker Mayfield. We didn't know what they had in Baker Mayfield. And then we thought maybe Lincoln Riley is the quarterback whisper. Maybe these guys are really good in that system. Who knows if they'll be good in the pros. And then Kyler, I think, got the information, the intel back and said, look, you're going to be a top 10 pick. And then all of a sudden we realized Cliff Kingsbury goes to Arizona. They got the number one pick. He's going to be the number one pick in the draft. I think it happened that quickly. But I don't see him playing baseball unless he does spring training, maybe. But winning... Always helps because remember Shaq, Shaq in the off season, be doing mu- um, you know, albums, he'd be doing movies. And then people would say, what work on your free throws, right? And then once he won championships, nobody said that again, but in Orlando be like, Oh, you got to work on your free throws as if you're supposed to be doing it. Whenever you wake up, you start shooting free throws and you do it until you go to bed. So I, I don't see him playing baseball anytime soon. And Deion Sanders was a defensive back. He was first team All Pro, and it, he wanted to do it. He you know wanted to be able to play with the Braves. They'd helicopter him over. You know, like Brian Jordan was more of a legitimate base two way uh, star, two sports star. Uh, played uh, defensive back for uh, the Falcons, and you know also played for the Braves. You know, Bo, who knows what Bo... Like, Bo should have made up his mind to do one sport. It probably would have been a Hall of Famer. But I don't see this happening anytime soon. Uh, here is Kyler Murray on Tiki Interney, CBS Sports Network, yesterday.
0: I miss baseball, for sure. You know, just being in the box, being out there with the guys, competing... You know, I I, I know I'm where I'm supposed to be at. I don't think you know if I if I would have chose baseball, I think I would have been missing the hell out of football
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot more. Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, you now for me, I wish I could do both. Um, you know, I you could I, I never. So, you yeah, could. I, I, I I definitely feel like I could. You know, I never say never, but as of right now, man, I'm uh I'm having fun doing i you know doing what I love.
3: Yeah, and continue to do that, and then when you get to the point where you're 27, 28, and you got a little bit of a resume there maybe an MVP, maybe a Super Bowl ring, and then you want to go to spring training. Nobody's going to falter for that. But I think now, with what he's doing, and his progress, and his team, and he was asked about this on CBS Sports Network, my Tiki attorney. It wasn't where he brought it up. He was asked about it. So he said, yeah, I miss baseball. But then if he played baseball, he'd be missing football. All right, we'll check in with uh, the Golden State Warriors coming up next hour. Phone calls 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Back after this on the Dan Patrick Show.
7: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
0: Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, though.